Welcome to Diversity Dialogue, Cub Edition podcast, brought to you by the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Detroit Jesuit High School and Academy. I'm Dr. Denise Williams-Mallet, the Director of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion and the Diversity Union Moderator. We are thrilled to return from our winter hiatus to an exciting lineup for our spring session. Ashton Handorf, the president of Diversity Union and our host here on the podcast, plans to shift gears during the spring session. The focus this spring will transition from the student leaders of organizations to the team of faculty and administrators that support the advancement of diversity, inclusion, and belonging at UAD Jesuit. Many thanks to our loyal listeners to keep this podcast thriving. And now I am proud to and excited to present to you the host of Diversity Dialogue, Ashton Handor. Hello, my name is Ashton Handorf, the host of Diversity Dialogue. Over the past few episodes, I sat down with a lot of student leaders discussing topics of diversity, inclusion, and how unity plays a part into our everyday life. Although those conversations were excellent to have, we figured that we would transition into faculty administrators and see their take on how diversity, inclusion, and unity play a part into our everyday life as a student body and as a school. My first person I am interviewing today is Brother Boyton, our school's interim principal. We will be talking about his transition to the recent role of principal, as well as general topics of staying committed at Detroit and how he sees the diversity and inclusion in our schools. Much for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so first, I just want to ask you how long you've been at this school for. <laughs> uh, I've been here three different times. So I first came in 1996, Okay. and from 1996 to 2002, I was I taught freshman history, Okay. I taught academy theology, I taught academy geography, I taught freshman theology, I ran the student senate, Wow. what else did I teach? I taught Michigan history and African American history. So quite a bit of classes. Yep. Wow. And then I left in 2002. Okay. Um, worked in Mexico for a while. Did vocations for the Jesuit, vocation director for the Jesuits. I worked in Haiti for a while. And then I came back and I was here 12 to 15. Okay. I taught world history. Seventh grade geography. African-American history, sophomore theology, and was social studies department chair. Wow, okay. And then I left and worked for the Jesuits again for a while recruiting. And then I came back again and for three years I was, um, I did advancement, fundraising for the school, and I taught one theology class, and then right now I'm interim principal. So I got a long history here. Of course, so how was your time in Mexico and Haiti? Oh my gosh, Uh, Mexico was incredible. Um, the two big things I did, I taught carpentry to street kids. Wow, okay. Um, and then I also worked uh, in the prisons, where we also taught carpentry and skills. And I actually, I lived, it was in Las Islas Marias, the Marian Islands, I lived with the prisoners. Oh, I wow. lived in the cell with Jorge and Sammy. 
<laughs> and got to know them well. So I did. I did that. That was a year, okay. and uh, incredible year. And then um, Haiti. I was there for for two years, and I was a principal of a school when that earthquake, the big earthquake. Oh yeah. Hit. And then when the earthquake hit, I transitioned into disaster relief. I okay. mean, uh, thousands of of people died. Like three hundred thousand people died. So I was in the middle of all that. And then when the emergency emergency kind of stopped, I, I went back into education and we, I worked with the Fuayishwa school system, it's okay. the Jesuit school system, um, and then building schools and, and putting up schools in refugee camps, faculty development, fundraising, and then, and then after two years I, I came back here. Okay, wow. So yeah. quite a background. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how has your transition to uh, the principal position kind of been a little different from your past positions? Um, well, I mean, I've been in this office many times. I had uh, a number of principals over my time here. Uh, it's it's a little it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I to be honest, I, I don't want to make it sound all bad because there's some some cool things. The bad things are I was I've been amazed at how little interaction I have with faculty and with students. Okay. Um, it's budgets and next year's calendar and sophomore interviews coordinating and you know just stuff course, that, that yeah. fills your day and um, I, I far prefer to have interaction with students and with faculty and parents um, so for example I think I've, I've been in this since before Christmas I think you're the third student to make an appointment with me wow I mean I go out in the hallway I say hi to kids I do teach a class I see kids there but uh, yeah, I think you're the third student to make an appointment. So. Oh, it's an honor. <laughs> totally. So now kids will walk in because that door's open. But, yeah. Yeah. But and that's a great thing that the door. And they'll is just open. say hi, but to actually have a meeting. Yeah, totally. So, where do you see diversity inclusion most notably in our school community through your background and just obviously with your experience and going to different countries? Where do you see that intertwined in the school community? Well, that's that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> one of the ways that I love to see it. And it, and it might not be seen by everyone, are the different languages that are spoken by kids here. Yeah. And I try to seek those out. I mean, last year we had John Paul graduate, mm -hmm. and I would speak to him in Haitian Creole. Oh, okay. um, uh, there are other kids whose parents speak Haitian Creole, and they might know a few words, but with John Paul, we'd actually have, I'd have conversations. There's a good number of kids here in the school that speak Spanish, mm -hmm. and I will speak Spanish with them. Um, I would... A dream that I have at some point, and I, I would love to do it, is make sure that all the Spanish-speaking kids know who the other Spanish-speaking kids are, yeah. so that they could they could form. I've introduced them before, you know, brought them away. You know, here's a guy that that speaks Spanish, and we'll do it in Spanish, because a lot of kids know kids that speak Spanish. A lot of them know that I do. Yeah. Um, but they don't know that each other. And other other. Kids that speak different languages. I'm fascinated by languages. German-speaking kids here. I've had Japanese-speaking kids. Obviously, Chaldean kids. Um, uh, there's I, that. That's one. And then, obviously, different races. I think it's really cool. Um, the the different races that we have here, and I don't think it's just cool that we have them. And I don't think it's just you know whatever that we have a, a melange of, that's a, a mix of uh, races. But when I do stand out in the hall, which I can do as principal more and see, and you see kids of different backgrounds, different races, 
walking down the hall, talking to each other, uh, giving each other a high five, whatever. Just when you see that the relationships form, that's what I love. Yeah, totally. And, and, and um, that's, you know, the kids sitting next to you in class might not look different from you, and that's, that's good. That's, but when your friend doesn't look like you, that's even cooler. Absolutely. That's what, that's what I like. Totally, and you well, you hit on a, a nice point is the community within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, with the uh, amount of people with diverse backgrounds, you're going to have kind of a sense of um, relationship in a sense without even knowing them because you kind of come from a similar background, maybe a um, similar race, similar um, just overall identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's true for faculty too. I mean, for me, I got a lot of really good friends, uh, faculty and staff here. And a lot of them don't look like me. Yeah. And um, you know, for me, uh, you can be a friend and hang out with someone, but a real friend is if you do something with them outside of school, that they've been to my house or been to their. I mean, there there are a lot of faculty here that I bought up north. Um, I'm from the Upper Peninsula. Oh, really? And I've bought them to my parents' house, and we've gone to Mackinac together, and um, and gone on trips with them, service trips, and and have hung out outside school and um, if my friends all looked like me I would have a much sadder life and if they all thought like me yeah so and that plays into the overall idea of like idealistic diversity as well mm-hmm. just having um, different pieces to the puzzle that we're trying to solve right mm-hmm. yeah so has uh, I would say how do you ensure that we continue to stay connected to the city and community of Detroit. That's been a huge, huge uh, topic over the past 60 and 70 years of being at this school, of staying committed. How do you, um, through your various positions and now principal, um, see that in um, staying committed to Detroit? How do, how do we make that possible? Well, that's, that's a great question. The first thing I would say is, uh, how do you say that you're connected to the earth? We're on the earth. Yeah. How do you stay connected to Detroit? We're in Detroit. So that's the big thing, um, that we have our roots here, and uh, we're not going to pull up those roots, Yeah. and uh, those roots keep growing. In my work with development, which I'm still somewhat connected to and as, as a principal, I'm real excited about the Johnson Rec Center. And I actually don't know if the kids are aware, I mean, that we're in... I mean, you and I are sitting here talking behind masks, social distance. I mean, it's, it's just not what it's been. But I'm not sure uh, if kids are aware that this campus is about to change radically. Yeah. Um, it's going to double its size. Um, it's going to have a whole recreation center. Um, walking distance from here, just north of here. Have you driven by it or seen it? Or I have been... seen I've been, I've driven by it a couple times, yes. Okay. I mean, they're working on that right now. It's been closed for 15 years. All last week, uh, they were. I've been in there a number of times. You know, they were pulling out all the asbestos and, and getting things ready, and, and they're, they're moving ahead. And that's going to give us uh, another inroad um, t- to the area here, to yeah. the neighborhood. It it keeps us further grounded. And the school is offering scholarships for kids from this area. They're going to be when we're up and running and. We've already got Commitment Detroit, but we're going to have scholarships for five kids in this neighborhood, kids that can walk to school. There's already some of those, but it's really cool when you have that. 
another thing that we can do, and I've been there a number of times, just down the street this way, we're trying to get more involved with Pingree Farms. Yes, that's right. Um, I, I've lived in this area off and on since 96. I didn't know that there were cows just down the street. Yeah. Uh, but there are, and pigs, and sheep, and goats, and horses. <laughs> and, and to get our kids involved, but to get them involved with the neighborhood kids, to do programs and programming uh, there as well. And then just, I mean, our, our biggest thing is just being here in the city and um, that kids either come to the school from the city or from every geographical place within the, you know, hour or 45 minute circle and that we all mix here. And I just want us to, to, to mix here and mix well. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you touched on um, a lot of your experience at U of D. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask, you now sitting as um, principal, is there a uh, things that you see different in the school, just to maybe a different perspective you are now viewing things from? Um, I believe that leadership sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And so if you're the captain of a ship or you're president of the United States or you're pope of the church, whatever it is, if you are in charge, it sets the tone. And so I am, I mean, you're sitting here, I try to keep that door open, I go out in the hall, generally in a good mood um, uh, I've, I've taken COVID seriously mm-hmm. um, I think you might have noticed a difference in the classrooms once I took over as, as uh, in this role I worked with the other people to get desks so I'm safety is, is certainly there but just uh, the overall tone of positive happy to be here glad we're here understand the limitations of, of COVID but we're all in this together one together as Father Munn said uh, at, at a mass once, and um, I, I, I try to set that tone. Totally. And unity in times of um, adversity is extremely important, especially yeah. now. I mean, just sitting in a classroom with it not looking as it did before is just yeah. such a scary feeling sometimes. It so. is. It is true. Now, I will say yeah. this, too. I mean, I not to, I mean, th- this is bad. COVID is bad. It's yeah. difficult. It takes a psychological toll on all of us, a physical toll. Um, you know, uh, very, I play in a band. Um, a year ago tomorrow, I was heading up to Beaver Island to play with my band when Father Munz called me and told me school had shut down. Wow. Uh, well, I'm not going to Beaver Island this weekend. This is the weekend before St. Patrick's Day. Yes, that's I'm right. Not, I'm not, my band, which plays all Irish music, I'm not playing in a, in a public setting. Yeah. Uh, so it's not good, but as I said earlier, I was in the earthquake of January 12th, uh, 2010 in Haiti. 300,000 people died. Yeah. And then um, a year later, we had a cholera epidemic. And when, when it was announced that we were having a COVID epidemic, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Because when I, when I was in Haiti, kids were, were they, they were sick one day and dead the next. And we had literally piles of bodies uh, on the corners of the street. Wow. And I thought, oh my, that's what we're going to have. Yeah. Well, we haven't had that. I mean, that's, I'm, it's not good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but... It, it, <laughs> I, yeah, I totally understand it, it, what you're it, it's, uh, we, we can handle this quite well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and, and we got to keep it in perspective. It's not good. It's not the cholera epidemic. It's not an earthquake. It's not. Yes. That that is a very 
Very true. <laughs> so, um, I guess this is kind of a just a way you can view maybe alternate um alternative measures. But do you think there is a um perhaps possible other adjustments we can make to the school to be even more in favor of inclusion? I know we have a lot right now that um does ensure that everyone, like you said, even just the environment that is um being surrounded in this area is just high fiving people that. Um, you wouldn't normally not be exposed to possibly at another area or poss- another school, but do you think there's perhaps we could um, things that we could do to even progress that? Yeah, uh, the biggest thing that we could do is uh, read the wall of the cafeteria. It's got the granite grad, mm-hmm. and take that seriously. One of those things that we have to take seriously is open to growth. Yeah, and um, that means everyone and, and every every person who's part of this. Um, mosaic that we call U of D High has to be open to growth. Uh, the kid that comes from Detroit has to be open to the kid from Bloomfield. The kid from Bloomfield has to be open to the kid from Gross Point. And they all have to be open to each other and learn from the others and learn uh, in a way that actually can change behavior. Yeah. So as I said, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and uh, I love it up there. Oh my, that's, that's, my, that's my home. But I've chosen to live down here, and I like the diversity. Occasionally, people will point out and say, oh, boy, did you just say that? And I'm like, oh, I guess you could, in- I guess you could interpret that a number of different ways, yeah. you know, whatever that might, might be. And, um, you know, I'll be with friends um, down here or wherever, and occasionally... You know, someone will say a joke or something, and, and you, you can't be afraid to say, you know what, that might have been funny in 1950, it's not funny now. Yeah. Without killing the party, without killing the spirit, uh, you know, I, I'm not a preachy kind of guy, but again, set the tone. We can all set the tone, it doesn't just have to be leadership. No one sets the tone around here more than students. And if students are open to growth, which means open to each other, and open to the fact that they have to learn and we have to learn, there, there you have it. Yeah, absolutely. And from a student's perspective, I definitely feel that um, in this time of social distancing and the unknown, I guess you could say, is definitely a time of growing. And I think throughout the past year and a half, we've grown a lot as a school community more than I feel like we've had in, even in the uh, previous three, I feel. So, so I mean, one, and it's playing with words, and I don't need to, but uh, when people talk about diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. and I, Okay, that's fine. So, if you were having a family wedding, yeah, and you included me, okay, I would be included. I know that I'm not part of your family, but yeah. I'm included. I think we need to talk more about belonging. Interesting. If okay. if you said, you know, come to my sister's wedding, oh man, you you totally belong there. Yeah, that's different. No one is included at U of D High. We all belong here. That's that's a great point. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be, I don't want to be included in the basketball game. I want to be along there. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm in a band. Yeah. I'm not included in my band. I totally belong there. That, cool. that So and and that, I it, it's just again it's playing with words, but words are important, and um, I would like to be able to instill a sense here of belonging, uh, yeah. for everyone. That's a that's a great point, and I think. Um, what we try to do through the Office of Diversity and Inclusion and just through this podcast is yes. um, diversity with the idea of unity. 
So it's diversity um, is great. Like we, we see diversity all around this nation, all around the world. It's, it's great. Um, but we have to learn how to capitalize off of the diversity that we have. Yeah. And that is through the idea of unity and being unified with the actions we take. Obviously, we're not going to agree with every single person um, to our right or to our left. Um, but if we can take those ideas, internalize them, and think that's a great point, and then maybe um, change, maybe not, not change your belief, but um, form a new belief or form like an altered belief off that idea. Or, again, I don't want to, I mean, we're not... We're, we're just talking. Yeah, of course. So, like, and I don't think the Office of Diversity and Inclusion needs to go change all their letterhead. Yeah. Um, but even unity. I, we don't need unity. We need belonging. So you can be different from me. Yeah. And, and, and if union means together, you know, we need to be together, but uh, we can both belong in the conversation or in the school um, without necessarily being united in thought and action yeah. um, as long as we both belong of course and one of my big things is i'm always i love people that have different opinions from me mm -hmm. uh, religion with politics whatever it is especially if they don't think that i have to agree with them mm -hmm. so uh, you can be whatever whatever faith politics you want as long as you don't think that i got to be in lockstep with you. Yeah. Then we're great. I don't think we need to be in total lockstep here. Of course. But everyone needs to belong. And the fact that you're whatever you are and I'm whatever I am, and we both know that the other belongs, there's there's the unity I want. Yeah. That's and I when I think of unity, that is yeah. the sense I mean, you put it on um, into very well thought out thought of of just the sense of belonging into the sense of unity. It's just that's the unity that you feel is just um existing but existing for a purpose is that what you're trying to yeah, say yeah existing for a purpose and it also doesn't mean because i just i just said just because so just because you belong well if you're a a, a a skinhead nazi uh executioner yeah <laughs> you don't belong here yeah you don't belong here all right so who does belong here people that can buy into the grad at grad those who are open to growth, intellectually competent, religious, loving, you know, that, that's who belongs here. Yeah. Um, now, do you have to have that perfectly? No.